I'm trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome to the Inside Feed. I'm Lisa Redmond. And I'm Emma Adams. On today's episode, we are going to talk the upcoming expansion draft, get into a couple crazy hypotheticals, and we're joined by our good friend and Redwoods attackman, Jules Henningberg. Because this is the first episode, you actually have no clue who we are. So me and Lisa are the social media coordinators here at the PLL. And on top of working together, we also live together, sit next to one another at the office, room together while we're in season. So our bosses figured it'd be a good idea to give us a podcast. We spend an absurd amount of time together. (laughs) We do. This podcast is going to give you everything from what's going on within the PLL, who's saying what on social, and it's going to give you an inside scoop on everything and things you can't see on TV or social media. So here's a rundown of how our show is going to work. Each week, we will start with the big stories happening in the league, bring in our pros to sit down and chat, run through some fun hypothetical scenarios, and round out our show with a segment called That's Speed, Boy Dab, where I will put Emma's (laughs) PLL knowledge to the test. We're kicking off our stories this week with where we are headed in 2020. We We have announced five locations. Week one, Gillette, Boston. Week two, Atlanta. Week three, Long Island. Week four, Baltimore. And today, we've announced week five, going to the great state of Texas, going to (laughs) Dallas. Dallas, Texas. (laughs) I'm excited. Being a born and raised Texan, I cannot wait to go south and introduce the PLL to my home state, but also bring lacrosse to, like, I can't wait. It's a brand new location. First time we're going down there. We're playing at Forward Center at the Star, 4th of July weekend. So it's going to be a great way to spend your 4th of July weekend. I know a lot of people are probably worried about the heat. Mm -hmm. And I can assure you, it is an indoor venue. It is a facility that's kind of with and tied to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, So it's really, really nice. It holds a lot of different things. And... It's going to be a really great 4th of July. So many fireworks. So many fireworks to be had. I'm ready to get back to Baltimore. I was born and raised in Baltimore. And that was our first sellout last year at Homewood Field. And I think, too, it was like the first time when we saw that crowd that we all were sort of like, holy crap, like we're making an impact here. And that Whipsnakes Atlas game was huge for many reasons. A lot of people in Baltimore grew up going to the Johns Hopkins Maryland rivalry game. So it was sort of like a redo of that. And for a lot of people getting to see all those old players play against each other was huge. And, um, you know, I'm sure Baltimore is going to be just as good this summer. That was my first time, like, at a a lacrosse game in Baltimore. And Mm -hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. Even Connor Farrell was impressed. <laughs> he had that great quote, and he was like, I didn't know people from Baltimore. That's my Colin, uh, Connor his, Farrell. Yeah, it's my <laughs> accent. But he was impressed, too, by it all. So that must say something. Exactly. So it's for sure going to be a great time. And another huge event, too, that's coming up is the expansion draft. It's going down next Wednesday, February 12th at NBC Studios in Stanford, Connecticut, Water Dogs head coach Andy Copeland is going to draft a total of 18 players, and I cannot wait to see what he does. I'm excited. I've talked to him a bit. Um, He is, first off, hilarious. Yeah. I cannot wait to see him on the sidelines, training camp. Like, I can't wait to start making content with him. Like, it's going to be so fun. (laughs) Become his friends. (laughs) I can't wait. But 
we talked and texted back and forth, and I called him before the tra- before when the rosters were released of Protected mm-hmm. and Unprotected, and he said it was like Christmas Day. He was thrilled, and he was like, I was up at like 5 a.m. this morning, and <laughs> I just can't wait. When is it being released? Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, I don't really know yet. But And then I texted him after because before, during that, he said that he kind of knew, and from what I've heard through his interview process is he knew – that he one wanted this water dogs job and mm-hmm. the fact that he knew what, exactly what he was going to do mm-hmm. he said that he had a full board of what he thought coaches were going to do and how they would do it and so i texted him the day after you know how are you feeling like what do you think what's your reaction and he said he was 85 percent correct which wow. is crazy yeah but um he seems pumped it's He's, a coach's dream like you literally get to pick like whoever you want for the most part i know and from what he says he said you know obviously defense wins championships so Mm -hmm. he's gonna have a really strong focus in that but he's also really focused on that midfield and he wants guys that are two-way players that are really going to be dominant on both sides so i'm curious to see what he does with that and i think it's really interesting how you know you want to pick the great the greatest guys from this expansion draft but you also have to look ahead to that entry in the college right so how do you kind of scheme your way around that i'm yeah. very curious to see what he does i don't i don't know yeah and i think that was an issue too with like all the head coaches that had to choose their protected and unprotected rosters was it like it was like okay well first you can only keep 10 positional and one goalie so that's hard as it as it is and then you have to think about what all the other coaches are doing and then you have to think who you want to take in the entry level draft and the college draft exactly so you have to think like months out in advance and think of like all the million different scenarios that could happen right copeland said that you know he was like it's gonna be super easy getting down to like 25 30 but getting down to the 18 is gonna be tough it's gonna be tough so I'm curious as to now he he said high character guys things like that um i'm curious what kind of veteran like he's gonna look for and where he's gonna kind of lean in on that but i think this is gonna be a fun locker room i when he we were talking he had a really funny quote since charity told me at one point he goes like everybody loves you right now like i'm on everybody's christmas cards list right and then whatever it is when we have to do these submissions right like everybody's <laughs> going to go back to taking me off their christmas card list minus the 18 guys that we doubled up so <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's part of the deal but it but it is it is fun so it's hilarious that, that was he's really even funny. thinking about that <laughs> but he's really fun. i can't wait to have him mic'd up honestly He's coached a lot of guys, too, that are playing in the league currently, right? Yes. So he was at Fairfield. And so he knows a lot of different – he knows, like, Brent Adams. He knows Sip. He knows um, a few different guys. Um, so he he said he was calling um, most of the guys that were unprotected just to kind of get a touch point, feel, feel them out. Yeah. yeah. So from what he said, he said they were going really good. So we'll see. Well, we're going to find out next – Wednesday, February 12th. That's when it all goes down. Okay, let's get into some fun stuff. Please welcome to the show the first ever guest of the inside feed, Red Ones Attackman. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Lost boy, sad boy, our dear, boy. our dear friend, Jules Henningberg. How are we doing? Hi, Exciting Jules. times. Welcome. Exciting times here. Did you like that we said lost boy? And sad boy? <laughs> yeah, we got to explain them what that means. Jules, my um, first memory of you was at training camp. We were in the hot Florida sun, and it was the, like, first scrimmage, and you got in a fight with Nick Osella. 
and I wouldn't call it a fight, but yeah, it was a little like punches were scruffle. thrown. Scruffle. No, there was no punches. No, there wasn't. It was there just was like, like a mush, some mushes pushing each other. Some back mushes. And forth. Yeah. Some mushes. And I like got my helmet off too. Went over to like take a video or something, and you were sitting on the bench, and you were like cursing and all upset, and I was sort of scared of you. Get the f out of my face. But now <laughs> I'm. But now I'm not scared of you. But that was my like earliest memory of Jules. Yeah, I'm nothing to be scared of. Did you like training camp? Uh, yeah, training camp was a lot of fun. Definitely different than what we would have expected, I think. What was like the biggest surprise going into it? Um, I think just how organized it was with, uh, with the teams and, and kind of just being on our own. But we're all in the same, the same place, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought was, that was really cool. And then kind of just getting that immersion experience with, with the guys is something that you, don't, you haven't really experienced since college. So that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it was the first time you guys actually had like ever fully been together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was back when I was in the Whip Snakes. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember first time I met you was, well, I kind of knew who you were, but it was your trade. And then you came, you had just moved to LA and then you came to the office to do a live Instagram with Lisa. And then we mm -hmm. all got dinner together. Like the next night. Like that. Yeah. yeah do you remember that? That was uh, with Katie too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We I went to dinner, and that's when we all sort of became, like, friends. Friends, yeah. I remember I looked at you in this office, and I was like, get ready. Like, Redwoods fans are different. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, you did say that. I didn't believe you, honestly. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and then Redwoods fans are different. I know. Yeah. But, like, do you remember? I think I, my biggest question about that is <clears throat> people say a lot about that trade, and they call it a steal. Does that make you feel good or bad? You know, I mean, off the cusp, like right when it, it happened, I had more of a bad feeling just because no one wants to kind of get left behind and traded. Like initially, you're like, wow, this sucks. But once I started to kind of flesh out what was going on, um, I realized that it was, there's a lot more good than there was bad in the situation. Right. Um, and I think just kind of you're on one side, you're kind of getting left behind. The other side, you're, you're getting um, a coach that really wants you. So yeah. it's like once you kind of leave that first situation, you get in and you're kind of getting acclimated with your new team, you realize how much you're wanted. Um, no matter who you were traded for, what was a, like who was dealt, yeah. um, you definitely feel wanted on your new team, which is pretty uh, pretty good feeling. Yeah, and then you go to Baltimore and you just like <clears throat> have this like game. Was that the game plan going into it or did it just ha like happen? No, so when I initially got traded, basically Nat explained to me what he expected me out of um, my, my role on the team. Yeah. And so I kind of, I personally, felt as though I could be doing more, um, just my circumstances on the Whip Snakes and how I was fitting into the team. Um, I just wasn't on game day, which was fine for me. Um, I think part of that is just kind of accepting your role and, and doing what you do well in the situations you're given. Yeah. And then I just happened to be given more situations on the Redwood. So I knew I could execute that role if I was given more opportunity and then I was. So then you kind of just saw what that, that looked like on game day on that first game. Did you have like any idea that it was gonna happen? Like where were you when you got the call? Uh, no, I, I had no idea it was going to happen, but I kind of thought, you know, maybe this might be too good to be true. Yeah. And I was thinking that, and I was like, I don't know if there's there's a ch there's going to be a situation where I end up on the Whip Snakes the entire season and win the championship with them. I think that that's too good to be true. So when that trade went open, I saw my phone. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> Coach Staggs is calling me. I'm like, there's no way he's calling me to just talk. And there's, Say hi, that's how your day is going. There's no way. And I knew that. The trade block had opened and I wasn't I didn't play bad the last week though. Week before we uh won in overtime that and I had the Chicago assist to Drenner. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, All right, 
So I'm not getting sat. <laughs> Something else is gonna happen here. I'm gone. The minute I saw the phone, the phone, I was like, I'm gone. It's just a matter of where I'm going to. Right. Looking back now, though, because I was thinking about it. Uh, now that we know like the protected and unprotected roster list, yeah. they only kept Rambo at yeah. attack and let everyone else go. Do you think like you're in a much better scenario now because you got protected? Had you stayed on the Whip Snakes, you probably would have been unprotected again. Yeah. Yeah. That that team, the Whip Snakes, who they protected, they're th I think the only team in the league who really put so much emphasis on their defense yeah. and rightfully so I think they have the outside of our Redwoods defense the best cohesive unit yeah. um, so, so to see how much stock they really put in them and just feel confident that they could build around Rambo um, says a lot about their team yeah for sure do you remember the first player that contacted you after the trade on the Redwoods you know I, I want to say I probably spoke to Apple first really because yeah, I was living with Apple in San Diego and then I got traded, and then uh, after I talked to Nat, I told the Whipsnakes that I got traded um, before it went public, and then I remember, I got put in the group chat, the group me. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly how that happened, but uh, I think it was Apple, and then... Um, Joe, when you came here to your Instagram live, I remember... Oh, you know what? It Joe, might have been Joe Walters. Joe yeah, gave yeah. you his shirt because you didn't have any Redwood <gasps> stuff, yeah. so I like <laughs> messaged Joe, and I was like, hey, can you bring in a Redwood shirt tomorrow for Jules to wear? Uh, so he was probably the first one. And then, yeah, so it was either Apple or, or Joe, now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, because he we had nothing for him to wear Redwoods-wise. And, and we're like, no. Yeah, look at you now. Just lost, like, lost boy. Lost boy. <laughs> oh, my and God. Boy. <laughs> well, we want to get into um, some of your old tweets oh, that we found. Geez. Slash, you are very vocal on Twitter and Instagram, which isn't a terrible thing. But we found a couple old ones from, like, Come on. 2011. Oh. That's freshman year of high school. That might have been eighth grade, actually. We just, <laughs> eighth grade. Yeah, come on. You can't hold me accountable for that. That makes me feel very old. Um, <laughs> well, you had a couple interesting ones. So in September of 2011, you tweeted, I would never get a girl's name tattooed on me. And then, like, literally not even a month later, you again tweeted, never in a million years would I tattoo a girl's name on me. GTFOH, haha. Was there, like... Did someone, Did someone get a, <laughs> a girl's right, name tattooed know, on their body? I don't know who it was about. I don't know how this works, but I can like jump back into when these tweets happen, like the scenario. So that <laughs> was referring to, there was kids in my school that used to get their girlfriend's names in high school uh, before I transferred. <laughs> yeah. I was in all boys school, junior and senior. But I was at my local high school and people used to date and get their names tattooed on each other. Mm -hmm. And when we were like 16 and 17 years old. And we would just see it, and I would text the group chat and be like, guys, do you see this? Like, am I the only one seeing this? Like, what happens when you guys break up and go to college? And you have this girl's name on you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous. Funny story. So no one hurt you? No, no. It I wasn't just, personal. No, I used to, all right, so that, back then, Twitter was not like what Twitter was now. So right. we, this used to just be like me and like my thoughts. 20 friends. <laughs> yeah. That would just be going back and forth and seeing how much we could tweet. And it was, there's not like I was getting any likes or retweets on it. It was just like <laughs> us talking to each other. Yeah, there's no, no <laughs> well, engagement yeah. at all. No. <laughs> Funny story, my mom is going to not be happy that I'm telling the story, <clears throat> but my mom's high school boyfriend got her name tattooed on her arm. <gasps> no way. Where is it? Heidi. And on his arm somewhere, but he's not my father. So <laughs> I don't She's going to be really mad. And I just told that story. And, there you go. and my dad's going to be really mad. <laughs> But I mean, example, you know? That's exactly why I was You don't do it. Exactly about it. why you don't do it. <laughs> Another thing you tweeted to was, um, you said, I really will never eat anything that comes from the sea. It's all gross. Are you not a big well, seafood fan? Okay, so that's also, I don't remember exactly that when that happened, but I am allergic to shellfish. Oh. Um, so I was super it. skewed out by fish when I was younger. 
and in any form. And I still, to this day, I started eating fish more recently, actually. I kind of love it now, but. Oh, that's good. Um, Do you like crab? Allergic to shellfish, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa. And, um, but if, it, if I go to eat well, fish <laughs> and it tastes fishy, I just like put it down and get so grossed out for a long time. That's understandable. Like two or three weeks, I can't eat fish again. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. There's like, I'm very picky with my fish, but whenever I, just, I cook it myself, I always worry I'm going to get myself like food poisoning. It's one of those things where I don't out. want, like, why should I be scared of my fish tasting fishy? Like when I could just eat chicken and it tastes like chicken every time. It's you know? Very good That's point. a great point. Um, would you also like to clear up the Jordan Wolf from, from Duke is ass tweet? Oh, my <laughs> this God. is your time to clear that what, up. What year was that? Did I tweet that? What was that um, ninth grade? Let's see. Uh, March third, twenty thirteen. Oh no, that was like that was like junior year of high school. Okay, <laughs> <clears throat> first of all, that's just blasphemy that I said that. <laughs> second of you all, you must been watching a game or something. Second of all, I was just super bitter in high school about lacrosse and recruiting, just because I didn't get recruited anywhere. So I would just yeah. see guys and be like super bitter about it. But um, I mean, I gotta think that he was playing a game and he was obviously an unreal player, but I was probably just seeing him not do that well in that scenario and then was just talking smack on him, right. um, which is unacceptable. And I, <laughs> I totally apologize because he's obviously an unreal player, um, but yeah. You also Instagram the other day how excited you are that Dunkaroos is coming back. Okay, so did uh, anyone, else, talk about did anyone this? else see this? Well, yes, I saw it, but Don't, I... do not, do you better not say uh, that Dunkaroos suck. They're overrated. I Did I honestly don't think up? I like ate I, them enough like, to have a real opinion. Yeah. On oh my god, Dunkaroo is just the setup. Isn't it literally just like frosting? Yeah. No, it's graham crackers and, and frosting. graham crackers. Yeah. But that's it. It used to be that you have more frosting than graham crackers. The ratio, and I think that was the biggest thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you go to eat like by like the third graham cracker, there was so much frosting left that you could kind of just finish it off with. Was that like with your finger? Your go-to '90s <laughs> snack? I don't even think that was like a '90s snack for me. That was like. A life seven snack. or eight nine um and i used to just add them they're horrible for you and i <laughs> yeah I, I probably don't even like them now but i definitely am gonna try to get back so yeah, you can get back i don't remember the last it. time i had them i think it was like 10 years ago yeah we were trying to think of like our favorite 90s snacks <clears throat> or like from like early 2000s mine's fruit roll-ups fruit roll-ups uh, fruit is roll-ups really good. i used to do like the ones with the tattoos on your lip or on your tongue Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You had, like, images, and it would be, like, a design. Yes. What about, uh, did you guys eat Cosmic Brownies? Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Jules, I said that to Lisa and Ty, and they didn't know. And I, I, was like, I knew what it is. I just don't, oh. I never ate them. What did I you eat growing like up, Lisa? tasty cakes and oh. Rice Krispie treats. What kind of tasty cake? They're, like, the crumpet? Like the, no, like, the muffin one. Oh, it's And tr- then the, like, peanut tra- butter tra- thing. Trash. <clears throat> and Trix yogurt. At school, Fridays, I would yeah. go, Pizza Fridays, get two slices of pizza. A cosmic brownie and a fruit roll up and a Capri Sun every Friday. <laughs> Great <laughs> diet. <laughs> amazing. Fit. Amazing. But now that I eat cos- if I eat a cosmic brownie now, you're gonna taste the chemicals in it. Oh, I'm can't, sure. Can't I need. I'm a, sure. I haven't had one in so long. What about gushers. We, yes, that was on my list. Love gushers. Send you right to the. They dentist. weren't like my number one because I love fruit roll ups. Yeah. Or fruit by, fruit by the foot. You're kind of cheating on fruit roll ups if you eat gushers. Yeah, yeah. it's like one or the other. other yeah. Fruit by the foot's really good too. Mm-hmm. Good times. And push up ice cream. Oh, push this I wasn't. That wasn't me. See, I'm like, I'm one who for ice cream I don't like fruity ice creams. I if I'm gonna either. indulge in <clears throat> ice cream, I want to get something like chocolate, vanilla, mint what chocolate chip, toasted almond eclairs. My that nickname's eclair. <laughs> no, no. Out of the, you know, chocolate eclair and then strawberry shortcake. 
I know I got chocolate eclair, yeah. Like the company that makes them, right? No. No. Oh my God. We're not. We're if not they they would here. come like on the ice cream truck, like the one that would go around your town. Yes. You have one of those? Yes. Not in my neighborhood, but yes. I know. We did. I did. <laughs> yeah. They, they'd have on the truck. It'd be like chocolate eclair, strawberry shortcake, toasted almond eclair. Nope. Right, no. well, Must be a New right, Jersey well, thing. You, I'll take you guys out for some toasted almond eclairs. <laughs> Thank you. Heck yes. Back to uh, you were talking before about when you were tweeting and yeah. you were like, yeah, I like sort of hated lacrosse mm-hmm. at that time, like growing up. Um, back in October, you posted an Instagram post of you when you were younger and you were talking about how you've never really been able to enjoy playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. You've always has sort of felt like you had to like prove yourself. And then finally now, like this past season, you felt like you could go out there and have fun and that like burden was gone. What <clears throat> happened the season that you think that you can finally like be free and play? Yeah, so I think uh, part of that was kind of just a culmination of like my whole life playing. Uh, I think when I started playing, initially it was because of the love of the game when I got introduced to it, but it quickly turned into all right, I'm playing this game, but how can I, what was that game doing for me like in my like kind of social life um, mm-hmm. and how I was being accepted into those roles? Um, part of that was I just grew up on the other side of town. So a lot of my friends were that I grew up with weren't playing lacrosse. So I had to kind of use lacrosse as a way to get into that social circle. Yeah. Um, so I think that was like, as I got older and kind of like those things were crossing over, that was, that was hard for me. Um, and then when I got to college, it was more so playing at school like Rutgers, where we were always kind of just looked down upon, um, always constantly trying to prove to the, to people. At the end of the day, it was a committee um, trying to get into the tournament, mm-hmm. doing everything I could to, to help our team to win games and, and prove to the country that we deserve to play and play in the postseason was just a lot of just trying to prove and prove and prove and prove. And I think kind of all that just like kind of came crashing down on me a little bit. Um, and I just realized that I was a lot of what I've been playing for might have not been the wrong reasons, but it wasn't something I wanted to play for anymore, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and I kind of tried to look at, take a, a good look at myself in the mirror and think about why I was playing the game and who I was playing it for and um, kind of try to position myself to, to think differently and have a different mindset about that. So kind of just moving forward, I, I think I want to play the game a lot for, you know, big thing for me is the people that I believed in me um, mm-hmm. while I've been playing my whole career. Um, so that's a big factor plan to be the best version of myself because I, I love the sport and I want to do great things in the sport and then kind of now just looking at that next generation of, of kids that I think I can inspire with the kind of the story and the path that I've taken um, and, and really just try to look to the, to help those kids see that there's someone maybe like them that isn't going to get recruited, isn't going to go to the top school and you know is going to get traded and whatever the case may be, whatever I get dealt as I continue to play and, and kind of just be an inspiration to those kind of kids. Yeah. Do you think the guys on the Redwoods sort of helped you with that too this season? Like that camaraderie and uh like you're really close with like landis and ethel and all those guys do you think that helped yeah so it, it was definitely hard for me to kind of be on that whip snakes team initially and and kind of just try to being one of the few guys that weren't a maryland guy yeah. another uh-huh. outsider situation where i was like all right well i have to figure out how to get in this group now and figure out you know where i stand with respect and what i bring to the table and uh, working into that and kind of making friends and then just leaving that was another like strike at me um right. in yeah. terms of just like mentally and then kind of trying to f- uh, figure out where I fit in with the, the Redwoods now is similar thing with a lot of Notre Dame guys. I'm an outsider, like Rutgers and Notre Dame are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys grew up differently than I did. And now it's kind of trying to figure out how I fit in. And I think I've fallen into a situation now where I'm not getting, you know, looked at differently from where I, where I come from or, you know, where I, where I played. It's, it's like what I am doing now and what I bring to the table in terms of a teammate and a friend and 
just overall. And uh, that's what I'm getting judged off of. And that's kind of what I, I, um, what I can live with. So it's, it's exciting for me to kind of be coming back to that to the second year with a team that I trust and, and guys that I really are fond of now. Yeah. Now that going into this 2020 season, what, <clears throat> what do you think it's going to look like for you and the Redwoods? I think uh, it's, I think it's really exciting. Honestly, that first year was kind of, uh, I guess a feeling out a little bit with everything in the PLL for a lot of guys and a lot of teams. And I think now that the teams are established a little bit more and, and guys kind of have that, that camaraderie built with, cause it wasn't all Notre Dame guys. It wasn't all Maryland guys, but building that cohesive unit, it's going to get changed up a little bit from mm -hmm. the, uh, the drafts. But I think that core group's going to be there. And for us, um, just for me, it's really exciting with my attack line. For example, um, Ryder wasn't playing the entire year. He really mm -hmm. picked it up at the second half of the season. I was traded, so I wasn't playing with those guys for a lot of the a lot of the time. And Cab was hurt for a right. bunch of games too. So now we're all coming in fresh, a year older, a year better into this new season. And I think we were the second um, leading point scoring attack in right. the league without I don't know how many missed games. And yeah. I don't know if you could say that for any other attack line. Yeah. Um, so for us to come in next year and, and have that camaraderie now. I think you're going to see a, a lot of exciting stuff. It's going to be dangerous. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. This gets me so fired up. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to training camp. I, I can't wait for training It's going to be here in the blink of an eye. It I is, can't it's wait. It's incredible how fast time flies. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. I just can't wait to get into it. But let's get into our next segment. Okay. We're going to get into what a segment that we're calling Hypothetically Speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically in, in this <laughs> segment, we're going to discuss and debate crazy topics about our players. You know, who do you want to be stranded on an island with? <laughs> yeah. Just Road trips. Not <laughs> <laughs> and kind of just see what we're each. So background, each of us have picked someone or a group of people for whatever topic we have, and we have to discuss and debate. And we don't know each other's and answers. And we don't know each other's answers, correct. I didn't get any of this prior to. Yes, you did. I didn't I didn't get to see what I should have been finding answers to. In the yes, I did. I texted it to you. Ready to debate? No, yeah. but you just have to have an answer. Okay, you just have to, have to answer. Yeah. You just have to back your answer. Yeah, right. back your answer. Not so I'm much not, debate. Yeah, I'm just, not scared. Just back your answer. Let's get it. Uh, okay, great. Okay, so this week's hypothetical question is, there was um, these like tweets going around like a month or so ago about like a basketball game happening at training camp. Uh, so if that did happen, who would your starting five be? Redwood starting five? No, like it can anyone, be anyone. In the league, across the league, coaches, across the league, whoever you want. Yep. Let me think about that across the entire league. I don't know everyone's basketball background across the entire league, but what I don't do, worry, either do I. What I do know um, <laughs> is that I would I would take Kyle on our team to start. I would take Joe on our team. Okay. I would take – I just played with Garrett the other day. Garrett's pretty good, actually. Okay. I, I would Remember, take, this does not have to be all Redwoods. Yeah, so that <laughs> so that's four guys right there. From the Including Redwoods yourself. Yeah, Including that yourself. I'm taking. Um, and then I take Miles Jones. Oh, obviously. that's a good choice. That's a good one. I didn't think of that. Uh, Do you want to go, Emma? I'll go. Okay. Okay, my starting five. One, Will Manny. He tweeted a video oh. during this sequence, and mm -hmm. he was like – He was getting buckets. Killing. In the, yeah. in the gym? Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Great. Andy Towers – I feel like he'd be a. We can pick coaches. Yes. yes oh my god! I didn't hear that. <laughs> yes, we said that. All right, I don't know how well coach coach can move anymore. Okay. So I'm, I'm not saying concerned. Andy Towers because I just think he one is going to be a man. dominant body, but he's also a great hype man. That's yeah. true. Jared Newman. Oh my god! I didn't forget about. For Jared. you, I pick you. Oh, let's get it. Five <laughs> perk. So you just got a lot of height going. I think that's your strategy. Yeah. 
and, and I, got Lil of, I got a lot of heart in my team. I am not, <laughs> I'm not too concerned about that. Um, my five would be, I have no like background in basketball, so I just went off of like looks. Height again? <laughs> By looks, looks, I mean like height, not like actual beauty. But I started with Sergio Perkovic <laughs> again. Uh, yeah, not height. actual beauty, and that's the number one pick. <laughs> For height purposes. And then Nat, I just think he'd be a good height man. And he's probably- Are we going to win here, or what's going on? Joey Sankey. What have was that look for? Shoot a basketball before? No, but like I'm just <laughs> hoping for the best. <laughs> uh, then Rambo, because I'm just planning oh, on him to like competitor. elbow some people. <laughs> and then John Rannigan, just because he's tall. Yeah, he's a beast also. That's yeah. actually a, probably a better lineup that she's got. See? What? Thank you very much. Are you much. kidding? Mine's good. I'm actually pissed I didn't take Jerry Newman. I might go back on that. Because he actually looks like he can hoop. Did he like play? He almost played in college. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm. Um, I'm just really smart. And Perk plays like in the city, in New York City, and it's downtime. So. All right. Well, I might have to reevaluate. Come back to me on that. Yeah. Okay, Jules. Thank you for coming. Was this everything you thought it would be, and more? And more for sure. This is exciting. I'm. I'm uh, curious to see where this goes. I've got a feeling season. you'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Round two. Uh, yeah. But probably like closer to season. Let's see how when we you're do going on, off uh, on reviews. Are you going to give it five stars? stars? Five there five you stars. go. Yeah. Subscribe, is, five is, stars. Is Gus going to give it five stars? Gus, Gus. Oh, he's going to do more than give it five stars. He's going to post it all over his Instagram. He's Let's go. message both of you and say how fabulous you guys did. Yes. Do, yes. You, do you follow at, him too? Yeah. Yeah. He follows me at For, Gus Hunting, Henningberg Blackstaff. For background, Jules' dad is a character. Gus, if you're listening to this, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mad that we're shouting at your dad? No, it's, it's been my whole life. What do you, what do you think of uh, his Instagram handle? I love it. Gus, Gus Henningberg Black's dad. It's just like I love <laughs> at Tucker Rambo English Bulldog. It's yeah. straight to the point. Straight and to the point. Obvious. You and know? It leaves a comment. It's just like, all right, well, they're like, Gus what else is that? Dad. Yeah. I also love when he reposts like your family's like Instagram stories or something and you just post them as no his own. You post them as his like own and babies. then like writes across. <laughs> yes. But you can't really see the writing because he doesn't know exactly how to like move the writing down. Well, I loved it in season when he used to say like inspirational stuff on the Redwoods like post. Yeah. Like, let's go everyone. We are ready. We are battle ready. <laughs> you should have seen him at Rutgers. Was, he's locked in every week. Like he's ready to go. Was he like a super fan? He would Did he stand have this? in the corner of like, say you have the... Um, the stadium, he would stand at goal line extended of the offense by himself. So like he would talk to me like before the game started and then he'd be there and then when I went to the other side, he'd move across <laughs> the stadium to the other side and be like right in my eye view. My eye, eye view. Oh man, what a guy. Yeah. Guys, shout out guys. All right, well thank well, you, Jules. This was fun. Yeah, we'll see you again. Yeah, I'll be back. Okay, before we get into our final segment, this episode is being supported by shop.premierlacrosseleague.com, the official merchandise store of the PLL. It's the only place you can grab a Jules Henningberg player tee, yes. buy all of your Water Dogs merch, or support the league in general with PLL gear. Head to shop.premierlacrosseleague.com. Again, that's shop.premierlacrosseleague.com. Let's get into our segment called SP boy. During the segment, Emma will have 52 seconds to answer as many interesting stats, fun facts about our players, the league games this season, really anything that has happened this season. She's um, actually very good at it. So, so we, I'm going to see how good she really is. We did this in the during the season. I don't know why I love I always keep up with the stats and following them and it helps me really appreciate the gameplay and so 
it became a thing where they used to quiz me in our social meetings. Mm-hmm. So now we're making it a segment and seeing how I do under pressure. <laughs> oh Sometimes I'll just be like, hey, Emma, guess how many blah, 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 blah. And I get and it correct. So, <laughs> Okay. If she does get it correct, she's going to hear this sound. And if you get it wrong, you're going to hear this sound. Are you ready? Am I ready is the real question here. Yeah. <laughs> I zoomed in my document because I can't see. So I zoomed <laughs> it in so I can see what I'm reading. I'm ready. I need some glasses. Okay. Wait. 52 seconds. That's all she has. Um, Put your timer on, Emma. Sh- Not that. We got it. No. Oh, is that the timer? Yes. Okay. Ready? Tell me when. Go. How many players are from Baltimore? Oh, what? 15. In what month was Jules born? October. How many players attended St. Anthony's High School in New York? What? I don't know. Seven. (laughs) True or false, Jules was one of seven players with five or more right-handed goals and five or more left-handed goals. True. Connor Fields led chaos in goals, points, assists during the regular season. True or false? False. What? Who led Atlas in assists during the regular season? Paul. How many different players scored during the 2019 season? 62. What? (laughs) What was the highest scoring team during the first half of the season? Uh, Chrome. Whips. (laughs) You had it right the second time. Your time is up. Wow, that was not as good this time. That was so bad. Which is good because that means I did my job. Okay, do you want to know the answers to this? Yeah. First off, the fact that you asked me how many people went to the same high school, <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> okay, well, how many players are from Baltimore on, like, the PLL, across the PLL? That's hard. That's a lot. It's 26, to be exact. Oh, my. Jules, what month were you born in? May. Oh, so was I. May. What's your birthday? Oh. Uh, how many players attended St. Anthony's High School? Four. Who? Joe Lacasio, Will Manny, Channy, and Stripes. Never in a million years would I have guessed that. Well, now you know. <laughs> Jules was one of seven players with five or more right-handed goals. Yes, knew that. Yeah. Uh, Connor Fields did lead chaos. I th- in all of those aspects, I thought he was yeah. like During maybe. the regular season. Okay. I should have said that. I had it written down, but I didn't say it. Uh, Karen McArdle led Atlas in assist. Hmm. I it made, yeah. 105 true. different players scored in 2019. And the whips were the highest scoring team during the first half. Which I'm surprised because Chrome was like, I guess Chrome didn't get their first win until like week five, so that makes sense. Yeah. Dang. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Guys, we swear she's usually a lot I'm usually than really this. good. <laughs> it's fine because you have like a million more episodes to <laughs> prove yourself. It's facts. Okay. So one episode of the Inside Feed is done. Done. We got a million no. more to go. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Give yes. us a five-star five review because that w- is all we will accept. Share it. Send it to your friends, your grandma. Send it to your friends. You can just like hit play and just like put it on Put loop. it on loop while you sleep and just like have it really soft. We're very soothing people. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at the Inside Feed. I'm at Lisa Redmond 29 on Instagram, at Lisa A. Redmond on Twitter. I'm Emma Dams. You'll, <laughs> you'll find it's true. Oh, Emma, yeah. Emma D A M Z because I've the S was taken. That yeah. That much. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening, and we we'll will see, see you next Tuesday. Woo! For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. 